on Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fordiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. Satisfy me, Carlos. How are you, mates? How are you there, Half? Going well, what's doing? I can't describe what I felt like when you looked at me in the eye and said, Satisfy me, Carlos, just then. <laughs> it sort of threw, threw me out a little bit, but yeah. strangely, uh, I don't know, arousing. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm looking my best today, so I'm not surprised. You've got by that shorts color. on in the studio. It's freezing, Melbourne, it's out not there. Freezing. Everyone out there can account for how cold it is. Half's in here. He's sort of the upper body, which I can only see right now. <laughs> it's got it's nice and warm, bit of a hoodie. Yeah. But then he got up and get, he's got no shoes on, shorts on. The guy's, uh, I don't know, well, you're an Iron Man today. Well, no, not really. Look, you look over there at that little box on the wall, and this is like a fine wine in a temperature-controlled cellar. It's true. This is climate-controlled, this room, Carlos. It's a sauna, really. I could put this at 35 degrees and uh, just get yeah. the, the, the banger out, if you like. Yeah, That's by 11 o'clock tonight, it's a, it's a bit of a death trap with the diseases. That <laughs> <laughs> when we come in, That's the key to life in here, mate. You just put the heater up. It's nice and toasty. Shorts on. Happy days. <laughs> Very happy days. What's doing, mate? What's doing? I'm really excited. Not only because of the FFA Cup last night yes. and uh, we had the ICC, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but we've got the EPL this week. Do, a lot of, I love the, lot the of abbreviated letters. letters around the place. We've got the hell coming up very soon, too. The Guess what? what the hell is? The uh, Hyundai A-League. Absolutely. Go. So the let's hell. go with the letters today. Well, it's all about letter day. Yeah. Know, and if, do you want me to throw out the hot topic straight away? Throw it out early doors. people are really excited about it. They're all talking. It. There's previews left, right and centre in all the papers. And about the hell? About, no, about the EPL. Oh, about the, the EPL. EPL. And, uh, and of course, uh, everyone out there who's a sports lover has uh, an EPL team that they follow. I need a new one. What's and, crap? Yeah, I know. And I'll ask you a question in a moment too, by the way. The same question. Which EPL team do you follow? Mm. But more importantly, why do you follow them? What happened all those years ago? That's where I broke What down. was the moment that made you want to follow that team? Because not all of us follow the Chelsea's of this world or the Manchester United. People like me... Follow West Ham. Go the Mighty Hammers. Absolutely. And uh, that was all because of the big match in the early 70s, probably late 60s, early 70s, on black and white TV. The ABC had it on a Wednesday night. It was a 55-minute show because I used to savour every minute of it. Yes. And it was in the days where they only had the London teams, uh, the match day cameras only went to London to do uh, to cover those teams. Um, so West Ham, Arsenal, um, Chelsea, they were the teams. And in those days, none of the teams were any good. They were always down the bottom of the first division table in those days. And uh, but we had, you know, I had I saw the end of Bobby Moore's uh, uh, career, and uh, you know, uh, Billy Bonds over the years, and you know, Clyde Best, and all these great players. Uh, that played for West Ham. I'll never forget the West Ham uh, FA Cup win in, in 1975. So for some reason, I just gravitated to West Ham. I think they remind me of the old Footscray Football Club who just always struggled. They, they were the darlings of everyone, but they never won anything. Yep. Uh, but they, when, when they won the FA, FA Cup, uh, that was something really special for me. So for me, it was really the big match in what I saw on ABC back in, in the early 70s, late 60s. Had you seen the colours? Had it not been black and white <laughs> television colours? Had you seen the colours of West Ham, would you still have been 
Australian is attracted to them. Well, I knew the colours because I used to buy Shoot magazine, the old Shoot oh. magazine, and they used to come. I mean, they used to get released in England, and six months to eight months later, we'd get the edition here in Australia because I think it'd come over by ship or something. And so uh, I'd have all the posters. I still got the posters of all the teams back in the seventies. Uh, really? So I just wonder what they would go for these days on the market. But uh, I've got all the posters because uh, all the Shoot magazines had the centerfold of the of the team posters, and of course had the one player, uh, you know, squatting down with the ball, and then uh, you know uh, you get the team, the players in in Scotland that we just you never hear of in the third division, you know, for Airdrie and Falkirk and, and these sort of teams, and you get these photos, uh, you know, uh, posters and stuff in in the shoot magazine. So for me, they were like gold. Right, these are the uh, Carlos West Ham story. My story is not as anywhere near as exotic, so we'll throw it open to our callers who have got on the line. Carlos nine four two nine eleven to sixteen. Scotty in Yarraville, who do you support? Why? What happened? Yeah, how you going, guys? Uh, yeah, big Arsenal supporter, and uh, I was living overseas. I moved overseas in two thousand and one, um, and half being a, a Hawthorne fan over here, I uh, tried tried to get into the uh, football over there, and initially I tried to support Leeds because. Uh, Viduka and Kew were there and just yeah. couldn't get into it. And then uh, one day I was watching the roundup and uh, it was Arsenal continued their good form away from home with a 2-0 win over Aston Villa and uh, they were wearing the gold Seager away jersey at the time. Seager and called, away jersey, I remember that. A fella called uh, Freddie Lundberg scored and he had his red mohawk and I thought, <laughs> that bloke is really cool. And to go with that, <laughs> I, and to go with that, I... Uh, I I used to play FIFA at home before I left, and I always went start, start, start. And it was uh, the first league that came up with England. The first team was Arsenal. So yeah. um, because of those two things, I've uh, been a, a very passionate Ars- Arsenal supporter since then and uh, spent a lot of money going to see them every time I go back over. So Now, now Scott, uh, are, you, are, you disapp- are you disappointed you made that choice all those years ago? No, definitely not. Uh, even definitely. though they've been a little bit un- underperformed. Look, they've won two... FA Cups in a row, uh, so they're back winning some sort of trophy. But uh, really, the the holy grail is winning the, the championship and or uh, well, the premiership. Uh, do you think they're a chance this year? Even though uh, you know they always promise a lot, and uh, more recently, since two thousand and five, really rarely delivered. Yeah, I, look, I think we're a good chance this year. I think um, Mourinho is actually really concerned, judging by a bit of his body language at the moment, a few of his comments. Uh, I think we've still got three key signings to get. Uh, we need a we need a big centre forward to challenge Giroud. We need a uh, another centre back of really good quality, and we need another defensive mid. But um, outside of that, I think the bones of the squad's there, and I think we're a big big chance. So uh, consistency this year. But I mean, you talk about over the years that um, we haven't won anything in a while. We've set ourselves up really well with building a new stadium in North London there, and that's now paid off. So um, the money's in the bank now, and I think. The way to be worth it when we do get some silverware. Money's in the bank, Scotty. Good luck to you and your boys as they kick off their EPL season. By the way, Scotty, stay on the line. You've got two bottles of wine, one red and one white. I like that story. Thanks to AR Property Investments. Also, you're in the draw. All of our callers today will go in the draw uh, with our great promotion with Infinity Red Bull Racing Eyewear to win a $150 pair of Red Bull Racing Eyewear Sunnies. Life changes pace in a pair of Red Bulls. Drive yourself into a new realm of sophistication. Be spectacular, Carlos. Head to redbullracingeyewear.com.au for more information. So, Scotty, you and all our calls today will be going in the draw for our best caller of the week prize, which will be announced on Friday. Anthony's in Reservoir. G'day, Anth. G'day, boys. A tragic Liverpool man all the way back watching Craig Johnson in the FA Cup. That's all me in. 
And uh, ever since then, I've always been a tragic Liverpool fan. But yeah, they're, they're not the only team that's struggling. I'm a blue boy, and they're struggling. <laughs> oh, the, the Lakers in the NBA, they're struggling. Uh, 49ers in Gridiron, and they're struggling. And even my parents team back in Italy, Regina, uh, I think they're, they're not even in Sydney a cheer anymore. So they're struggling. So I'm really having a tough time at the moment. <laughs> oh, but you've had a good time. Let's just go through there. Liverpool mm. had plenty of success. The Blues have had plenty of success. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers have had plenty of success. And the Lakers, don't bring the Lakers into this, Phil Jackson style, uh, and uh, they've had plenty of success. You've had a good time, Ant. Uh, yeah, but that was when I was younger. Now I'm struggling, and, and I've got to get all my kids involved, and they're all saying, how come they're crap, Dad? Crap, Dad? <laughs> yeah, the kids, the kids don't, don't really, they don't, they're, they're absolutely, completely confused about why you would barrack for Liverpool, and why Liverpool is the biggest supported club in Australia. They're sort of looking back and saying, geez, the 80s are a long time ago, don't people forget, because uh, they really haven't had a lot of success, uh, if any at all, since the uh, advent of the English Premier League, I think in 91. One. So, uh, but Anthony, you've had your dose of success with Liverpool. That team of the eighties was one of the all-time great teams across any sports, and uh, especially in Europe, they won a, a lot of uh, champ, uh, uh, European cups in those days. They were called, and of course, a lot of uh, English Premier Leagues, uh, or you know, not English Premier, first division titles in those days. Good on you, Jared. Thank you for your call. More calls after the break. They're flying in. Why you support your EPL team? Went the Origin of that, let us know, 9429-1116. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us. Don't forget the boys tonight on the air, 11 o'clock till midnight, all back together, the four Diegos, and there'll be some great insight into the world game, great insight into the personality of the Diegos as well. Some <laughs> funny stuff goes on there with the boys. They have a hell of a time. We're talking today, Carlos, about uh, the EPL season, which kicks off on Saturday night. And uh, why our listeners out there love their EPL teams, where the genesis of that love came from, and uh, what the story is. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Jared in Kilsyth was. Is that Jared? Is he with us? Yep. Hey, Jared. How are we doing? Hey, go, Carlos. Half. How are you? You good, mate? That's good. I uh, I just uh, pretty much uh, got into EPL around about probably four years ago. I reckon when I started playing the game. And religiously have now chosen a team in each uh, league, literally across, almost across the world, even in Thailand and uh, and China as well. But uh, Arsenal's pretty much been my uh, my main club from the very get go because I compared them quite a fair bit to the likes of Geelong. Now they're perfectionists like Geelong were back in the day uh, with the way they wanted to sort of do their little magician-y type of moves through the centre of the ground and uh, Stevie J with his crazy kicks and all that sort of stuff. That that that's what probably drew me to Arsenal the most back in the day, and uh, how much they want to get the perfect goal uh, rather than just sort of go about the motions type of thing. And uh, yeah, I knew that they were always the underdogs, obviously, when they were coming up against the Man United and the Chelseas and the Man Cities and all that sort of stuff. And they never had as much money, obviously, as those guys did. And um, yeah, and, and that's probably what drew me the most to them. Rather than just be like everyone else sort of thing and choose the best team on the top, um, like a Man United or someone like that, it's easy to go for someone that's sitting around about the fourth sort of mark. So you appreciate the victory a lot more if they win the uh, the Premier League in the next couple of years and that sort of thing. It's easy to jump on the, the wagon, Carlos. But when you're riding midship and you're just uh, still riding that wave all the way through to the beach, and you get the, to the beach, Carlos, <laughs> and you get to the promised land, yep. that's what you want. This absolutely. Is the West Ham FA Cup story for you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, look, Arsenal, it's funny because a lot of people uh, talk about, you know, Arsenal are a big club, and, uh, and you ask Arsene Wenger, he expects to win the, 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 the league every year. He expects to win the Champions League every year. Uh, but he. Um, 
you know, and I think that you know Arsenal have had a lot of success under Wenger, but a long time ago. Mm. I mean, they had the Invincibles that went through the season undefeated, and uh, and uh, they had these big tough players uh, that you know used to just love winning one nil every week, and they it was just the, the toughest way of playing football. But and there was no style to it. But suddenly the philosophies changed a lot. It was interesting on the weekend when uh, the they had the Community Shield, the opening uh, traditionally the opening game of the season between the uh, FA Cup winners and also the pre previous uh, premiership winners, and Chelsea played Arsenal, and Arsenal beat them 1-0. It was the first time in 14 games that Arsenal's beaten Chelsea. And uh, Jose Mourinho at the end of the game said that he, he felt that uh, Arsenal had thrown their you know, their uh, exciting ball-playing philosophy out the window, and they toughened up and they played a bit more of a physical game, men behind the ball. It sort of reminded me of how Arsenal used to win things all those years ago without the style, uh, and maybe... You know, with the advent of uh, signing Peter Cech, with, with an experienced goalkeeper, and uh, you've got also Sanchez, who uh, was a great player for him last year. The idea of him buying players or bringing players in now with some experience who've won something rather than these exciting kids that look great, yep. but they just can't go for 38 games in the season and win the ultimate prize. Maybe where that's where he's transitioning a little bit more now too. He's sick of... You know, sitting back and just relying on, you know, I, I have this saying, and it's a big saying in world football, you know, you can't win things with kids. And I know someone will have the example here and there, Manchester United uh, uh, under Ferguson with the Beckham and all, and all that, you know, those kids coming through. But it's rare that you win things with kids. And Arsenal's been, you know, probably as good as they have been, uh, not winning things with those young players and uh, and players who eventually want to go too. That's the that's an yeah. issue they've got. So they might be transitioning to another philosophy now, and uh, that might be something that might excite a couple of Arsenal fans out there. Thank you, Jared, for your call. Darren's in East Bentley. We've had enough of the Gunners. Let's find another team. Darren, over to you. Yes, my team's uh, Tottenham, and uh, I, I had the joy of uh, watching the 1981 FA Cup final. Um, back in Launceston, my grandparents' house back then in Tassie, there was two stations. There was Channel 3 and Channel 9. And <laughs> back in 1981, uh, flicking up, staying up late, found the FA Cup final and it was Tottenham v Man City. And I went, hmm, yeah. better pick a team. Let's get, uh, let's take, let's get them. They look nice and flary. So, um, you know, all the dealers and all those young boys back then. Fantastic, um, and it's been a roller coaster ever since. Of course, Ricardo Villa's goal that night there, uh, the, the dribbling goal, he dribbled two or three. It seemed like he, you know, we talk about the Diego Maradona goal in, in 86 against England where he dribbled, you know, got the ball halfway at the halfway part or prior to the halfway part of the, the ground and dribbled six or seven English players and slotted past Peter Shilton. Uh, Roberto, uh, Ricardo Villa that night uh, did. Yeah, he got the ball outside the box and dribbled three plays and scored, but it was a goal that they'd never seen before. It was just a fantastic yeah. goal, and that's something that was really memorable that time of that uh, win by Tottenham. Well, they kick off the season with uh, Manchester United on Saturday night, so uh, that's a good start to the season for you, Darren. Hopefully it's a win as well. Thanks for your story. Shane's in Williamstown. G'day, Shano. Shano. Yeah, yeah there he I is. Up, yep, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, black and white TV, uh, the big match. Match of the day, uh, FA Cup. I am a Leeds United supporter, mad Leeds United. I follow Leeds United. I don't follow anybody in the Premier League. I follow Leeds. So all these, I love, I love it when Chelsea was dominating. All these kids are wearing their shiny new Chelsea jumpers, and then when Man U's up top, they're wearing the shiny Man U, and it's like, it's like they're following. I don't know. They're not really following the game. They're following, a, they're following something else. I mean, it, 
I followed Leeds when they were in, in Division 3, Division 2, which they're at now, or the Championship. And that's what you do. They're the real supporters. I think a lot but, of people, they don't follow the game, and I think they just follow the EPL. But Shane, when you started following them in the 70s, that Leeds team was one of the best teams in the world. They won European Cups, and uh, Don Revy was a master winning uh, First Division titles or getting very, very close to First Division titles. They were always up there, but they were known as a dirty team, a really dirty team. But uh, yeah, some of the great players they had, uh, Peter Lorimer was one, Billy Bremner was another, um, uh, Paul Mately, the, the full back, and they, that just went straight through the whole team, full of internationals yep. and there's a great movie out uh, I forgot what it's called now but uh, with uh, Brian Clough the time that he took over from Don Revy and he only lasted 33 days because he went from Nottingham Forest or sorry he went from uh, um, the team he was coaching at the time to uh, Leeds and uh, they just wouldn't accept him because he, he just wasn't a player a coach that was accepted by that group of players given that they had so much success and uh, it was, uh, uh, that Leeds team, it was a days also of no sponsorship on shirts. Yep. So there was just a pure white, it was almost like the Real Madrid of, of the 60s, just pure white uh, from top to bottom. And they had these little ribbons in their socks with their numbers. They, like these little tassels uh, hanging from their socks. Really? Yeah, and, uh, and just a big number on the back. And, uh, you know, I just loved the purity of the game in those days. So Leeds were pretty awesome. They were great in the in the seventies. They won. They won a lot of. Uh, they had a lot of acclaim through Europe with uh, with their performances. Can't be bagging people jumping on the good teams now. If you're yeah, jumping on the good teams back right. then, that's a bit harsh, Shano. Thanks for your call, Dennis in Sandringham. G'day, Dennis. G'day, gentlemen. G'day. Uh, I actually fell in love with EPL uh, a number of years ago with Man United with Georgie Best. Yeah. Uh, I was mesmerised by his uh, by his play. Did you get him? Uh, did you follow it when he was actually at his height of his uh, career, maybe in the late sixties, early seventies, there, Dennis? Because uh, obviously he played there for a few years when he really wasn't quite at his best. I think uh, his lifestyle off the pitch was sort of catching up with him, but he certainly showed glimpses at that time. I, I, I remember him as a as a player who was really at the end of his career, and uh, and so he wasn't quite at his best, but his but his reputation off the field was. Uh, was certainly something that was very big. And also, I remember him coming back and playing for Fulham for a couple of games. Uh, they pulled him out of retirement uh, with Bobby Moore. Yeah, and, uh, and I remember they were playing. But these guys, who knows how old they were, but they certainly weren't the players that they were when they were at their height of their game. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, that, that movie you are talking about called The Damn United. That's right. Was, if you get a chance to watch it, it's fantastic. I might just do that. Bill's in Mentone. G'day, Bill. Um, hey, I'm Half and Carlos. How you guys hey, going? Good, mate. Yeah, um, my um, team's um, Arsenal. I actually um, followed them back in the late 80s, 88. I was about 13 on ABC. Um, they had, like, Match of the Day. Um, so my favourite players were back then was, like, Anders Limpar. Uh, and then I think a two, a, one or two years later, we got, like, Ian Wright from, I think, Palace. Mm. Um, I just love watching them ever since, you know, with the great defenders, Dixon and O'Leary. So players like that. So. Yeah, well, that was the Arsenal team that used to win things. With with uh, uh, the manager in those days was ha- um, uh, Graham. Graham, I forgot his first name. Yep, uh, but uh, uh, he uh, he he actually built a very very strong Arsenal team that was built on defence. Big guys, Tony Adams in the middle of defence. Uh, uh, the big guys, uh, Smith up front, and uh, they just had really really hard working. Players that uh, that were just born winners, and they were playing at the old the old uh, stadium for Arsenal, the Highbury Stadium, yep. and uh, it was just renowned. You'd pack, they'd be packed out every week uh, at thirty thousand, 
Uh, now that that's why they had to build this bigger stadium, the Emirates, which holds you know sixty or seventy thousand now, because they had this big potential, but they just couldn't fit them into Highbury. And uh, some of the stadiums in those days, just just wonderful stadiums. I still remember the Wolverhampton Wanderers Stadium in the days of John Richards and Derek Dugan and these sort of guys, and they were a team that. Uh, almost like your uh, your Tottenham now, they're always pressed for in the, for the top four, uh, and they always had these really stylish players. But if they could choose between playing stylish football or winning something, they always chose the stylish Good football. And uh, that that they would, and their stadium, the Molyneux, the old Molyneux ground, it was like people were almost at ground level when they were watching the ground. Yeah, okay. the, 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 there was no uh, sort of uh, fences or anything. It was just. The, the ball was went out into a crowd. I was almost the, the heads of the people were at the, the ground level for some reason. George Graham. George Graham, that's one. George yeah. Graham, thank you, Emmanuel. Off this mess. Thank you, Bill, for your call. Ted's in Werribee. G'day, Ted. Uh, good afternoon, boys. Um, I've got three teams. My, my main team is Liverpool because of uh, Craig Johnson in the 80s. Then I started following West Bromwich because they're coming up because they play at the Hawthorns, on the back of the Hawthorns. Yeah. And last, of course, um, it's uh, Hartlepool because I met a girl from Hartlepool in Australia. Well, she was touring around Australia, and uh, we hooked up, and so I started following Hartlepool. So how are Hartlepool going? No good. Absolutely. I think it was either third or something like that. I don't know. They're pretty, they're pretty uh, crap. And how's the relationship going? Oh, she's back home in England. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there's affair, a story there. There's a story there. A fleeting affair. Thank you, Ted. Uh, you're a busy man with all those teams. The weekend kicks off this weekend, man. You and uh, Tottenham to kick it off. Bolton play... Um, who do they play? Villa? Villa? Is that right? No, that's not right. I don't have it in front of me. Everton play Watford, I know that. That's what I do know, Carlos. Uh, who's LEI? Is it Leicester? LEI, yes, yeah, Leicester. Leicester play Sunderland, my boys. They're crap. Uh, Norwich play Crystal Palace. Chelsea play Swansea. Arsenal and West Ham, your boys. Mm-hmm. Newcastle and Southampton. Stoke and Liverpool. And West Brom and Man City to finish it off on Tuesday morning, our time. So there you go, a bit of action there. Carlos Alberto Diego joins us on a Wednesday afternoon from 1 till 2. We're talking about the world game, and it is excellent stuff. A lot of uh, people keen to see the EPL season kick off. Bournemouth was the team I was trying to get out before Carlos. They play Aston Villa as part of the round one action in the EPL. Now, FFA Cup action, Carlos. We had four games last night, and uh, there were two teams from... Melbourne involved, yep. just, yeah, just the two teams and the, both the um, the A League teams. Absolutely, and by the way, I, I want to congratulate again Fox Sports because the games last night were okay, and there was one game I think uh, Sydney United versus South Hobart, which was three you know, all, yeah, three all, and uh, and you know they Sydney United came back from two nil down. It was pretty exciting, but the way Fox are actually going from game to game. Uh, during the commentary, when the goal scored and they replay the goal, and they, oh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, I've got to say, congratulations. I'm, I'm not always enamoured with the way the the game's been televised uh, and put together. The packages are put together. You're a harsh. Yeah, I am. But, you know, but I, I won't. You know, I won't be told. You're a I, you know, I won't be told it's to say good things all the time. You're but a uh, but the way they do the FFA Cup. Um, is fantastic and, and made last night's viewing, even with the dull moments in, you know, the victory game when they were really forging ahead with their 6-0 win. Dull moments? Well, you know. Every second there was, was a score. Uh, look, you know, half. What? I know, I know we keep on talking about the romance, right? 
the romance of things. Yes. Uh, there wasn't romantic last night. I mean, victory just did the job. Well, it was romantic for Melbourne City and Edgeworth. Edgeworth went up 1-0. Uh, no, I'm talking about last night. The main, game, the main game was a victory game versus Why? Balmain Tigers. Why was that the main Because game? they showed it. <laughs> it was like that was the main game. Oh, that, so that who across. made that call, Carlos? I don't know. Anyway, the, the, the point is that was one-way traffic and Balmain Tigers really didn't threaten. I think they hit the post once and it was a pretty, you know, back you know, header at the back stick, and he thought it was going to go out anyway. What it, it, they they were, they weren't even plucky last night, Balmain Tigers. Uh, victory, the victory were in about fourth gear, and uh, and you know they showed respect enough to just keep it six nil. Put it that way. But you're right about the city game, uh, the city uh, Edgeworth, uh, Edgeworth Falcons. Yeah, and they uh, and that was a, a you know a a game that uh, Aaron Moy's uh, two set piece goals, fantastic by the way. You, you know you. <laughs> It's not a. It's not a matter of uh, the fact that they played a substandard team that those goals went in. It doesn't matter what wall would have been ahead of him. He would have probably gone close to scoring against anyone. He had to do it in uh, the ninety-third minute to win the game. Yeah, absolutely, though. and he got it early when they when they went went one nil down after a penalty. Uh, he got uh, the equaliser pretty soon, so there wasn't too much panic going on. And look, that was a very uh, undermanned uh, Melbourne City team also. They had a lot of players out. And of course, at this stage of their preparations, uh, they can't be going 100% anyway. But uh, it was close enough to have a lot of interest, put it that way. 2-1, Melbourne City over Edgeworth. And it came from behind. Aaron Moyes said, pieces is the difference, as you say, Carlos. Melbourne victory 6-0. Over Belmain. The other matches, uh, we mentioned Sydney United and South Hobart. 3 all. United advanced 3 1 on penalties. And then Sydney Olympic defeated Gungalan United. Now, they're my boys. Are they? Gungalan. Good on you for being able to pronounce that, by the way. A lot of people struggled pronouncing that. Uh, is that correct, is it? I think so. <laughs> I think it is. I, I think, think it is. I think it is correct. I'll try my best. Uh, Sydney Olympic 1 0 over my boys, Gungala United in um, Canberra last night. So that's bad news. Tonight we've got four games. Croydon Kings take on the Lions FC of South Australia and Queensland. And Darwin Olympic from the Territory take on Adelaide United, A League team. Rockdale City Suns. They're my men too. Yep. What a great name. Rockdale City Suns from New South Wales take on Perth SC. Uh, that's not. Um, no, no, it's not the glory, is no, it? No, no, it's one of the state league teams. Right, good. And then Sorrento FC from WA take on Sydney FC. Yeah. In uh, from obviously the A League. Um, the, the the victory situation was interesting because, as you rightly said before, that they're not expecting to be peaking at this time of the season, and and players have different levels of of commitment. I would I say. Well. Um, and and preparedness to put themselves out there <laughs> at this time of the season, Carlos, considering the year that they have had particularly yeah. and the year that's coming up with Champions League stuff and all that type of thing. And my understanding is there was one megastar of the Melbourne Victory lineup who may have had a chat to the coach about this upcoming fixture against the Balmain Tigers last night and uh, said to him along the lines of, in fact, quote, but Kevin... <laughs> You're going to do the accent? No, I don't <laughs> give away too much. But Kevin, I don't play against donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been Barisha. No, 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 no. By the way, out there, half has not said anything to me. This is no, the first I've heard of this. Yes. But the way Barisha was subbed last night, uh, the, he had a bit of a sourpuss look on his face the whole game. And the way, when he was subbed... Uh, Muskie took him and gave him a bit of a hug. They had a bit of a smile, and uh, Barisha finally cracked a smile. So 
he wasn't a happy chappy on the field, and I, I'm just chipping, and I don't know. I don't know what half knows. Uh, I'm just tipping it was Barisha. But, Kevin, <laughs> I don't play against donkeys. It was yeah. my man's uh, statement to the coach. <laughs> it wasn't uh, Barisha, I could tell you that okay, much. There you go. But he may have scored. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that just to play with. It wasn't Barisha, but he may have ben scored. Ben I can't say any more yeah. than that. Uh, but, Kevin... Yeah. I don't play against If Elkins. it was Ben Kalfala, look, you know, he, he made the night for one young George Howard. Uh, the young kid who's come on and who's big, tall. I'll tell you, he's got the body of a fantastic uh, modern-day striker, centre-forward. And they brought him on. And he, I remember they brought him on in one of the games last season too, and uh, he went close to scoring. Yep. And I was really impressed by him, and uh, they gave him a go again last night. And uh, he was, you know, the, the cross from uh, Ben Kalfala, Put on the plate for him, just a bit of a tap in. Yep. But, uh, but you know, Ben Kalfala could have gone for goals himself and, and got the glory. But uh, you know what that does to a kid's, uh, um, you know, uh, development and also you know motivation. Um, it just makes him a bit more excited to play along these guys and, and want to improve uh, at a faster rate than what he might he might well anyway. It's probably easier to uh, to make that pass when you're four 0 up at the time. Yeah, sure. But he, uh, but, but he did it. But, I mean, it was really, it was a, a an opportunity that Ben Kalfala, I know he scored later on in the game, but, uh, and I think George Howard actually repaid the, uh, uh, the, the gift early on by crossing the ball to him, even though, you know, Ben had to do a bit more to, to slot it away. But, you know, uh, some of these, uh, senior players sometimes aren't that generous, put it that way. But that's, that certainly was. But Kevin. <laughs> I don't play against donkeys. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us until uh, 2 o'clock, and then he's back from 11 p.m. tonight with his other Diego mates, the four Diegos from 11 on Wednesday nights on SEN. Carlos, uh, just before we get to our calls, Daniel and Lloyd, who are very, very patiently waiting for you, uh, the, the transfer window has been and gone for a little while. Oh, it no, hasn't gone yet. Gone. Still, still open. Still yet. open. But we've had a bit of movement from an Australian players' point of view. Just give us an update on uh, what's what's happened recently with our Australian players overseas and where they might find themselves now. Oh, the really good one is Matty Ryan. I know he's goalkeeper. I'd love to. I love it. I mean, I love Matty Ryan, and we want the best goalkeeper in the world too to be a Socceroo. But we'd love a centre forward to be the best player in the world and a Socceroo too. But but Matty Ryan's joined Valencia in his first couple of games. Uh, he's done really well for them in in the friendlies. I'd hope and uh, clipped a clean sheet there, and I think on the weekend again against Porto. Uh, they, uh, I think he kept a clean sheet, but they lost on penalty. So he's done really well. He's going to vie for that number one spot of the club like Valencia. There's always going to be another good goalkeeper. Yeah. He's going to uh, vie with a Brazilian goalkeeper there for the number one spot, but he started off really well while the, the opposite, while the other goalkeeper's injured. Master Coast got a bit of a good payday out of that. Yeah, too, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. That, that's great the way that flows on. Uh, Massimo Longo, of course, uh, went from Swindon to QPR now. He's at uh, Queen's Park Rangers. Adam Federici is a guy that uh, had that nightmare... Uh, for Reading in the uh, FA Cup oh, with, yeah, uh, yeah. against Arsenal. But he's joined Bournemouth. And I don't think it's got anything to do with his mistake. He was number one keeper at Reading, but he just wanted to... He's got a chance now to play EPL, even though he won't be the number one there. Uh, guys like um, yeah, Jason Davidson uh, has uh, left uh, West Bromwich Albion and gone to Huddersfield in the Championship. And by all reports, I've kept an eye on what he's been doing. And they've played a couple of friendlies already. And he's, uh, he was man of the match last week against, uh, Celta, oh, hang on, uh, Deportivo La Coruña from, uh, Deportivo La Coruña. Yeah, from, uh, Spain. So, uh, that was that. a really good, and he just apparently just got off the plane because he came back for the birth of his child. 
jump on a plane back to England, virtually spent half a day or a day there, and then suddenly had, was thrown in the team, and he was one of the best players, which is fantastic. Great reports there. Good. And, um, and, uh, but, you know, guys like Tommy Orr still hasn't got a club. Uh, guys like um, uh, Brad Jones. Chris Hurd. Yeah, Chris Hurd's no club. Uh, Aston Villa's finally let him go. And, uh, of course, he spent a bit of time in the championship last year, last year also, I think, for uh, playing for um, uh, where was it? Wigan. Uh, Wigless. Yeah, but he's been so injured. I think Aston, Aston Villa's just got sick of it. Oliver Bazanic is the one that's been tied to yeah. victory, uh, you know, connected with victory, but nothing's happened there. And, of course, he left his side. Lucerne. So there's a pretty... Good Australian players who haven't got clubs at this time of the, uh, you know, so close to the season. So that's a bit of a worry. But where, the rest of them are okay. Where did Luongo, Luongo end up? QPR. QPR. In the championship. Yep. Yep. Right. And he's going to okay, is he, pre-season? I uh, haven't, haven't noticed anything. But, uh, but look, you know, look, the season starts this week. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see more. how we go. Well, let's get to Daniel and Turak who's on the line. G'day, Dan. Hey, boys. Big fans. How are we? Uh, very well. Thank you. That's good. Look, just want to speak about... Uh, Modern football, I've been playing football my whole life. I'm still young, 23, but of late, watching the Champions Cup and even some FFA Cup games, how brilliant it is to see the uh, the goalkeepers finally playing out from the back a lot more rather than just hooving it forward and, and, and the team conceding a free kick with a um, an high elbow or a, or a clash of heads or whatnot. It just shows off the skills of modern-day defenders and that they can actually match it with uh, the skills of the centre centre forwards and midfielders. Yeah, look, I, I, these days you, you can't be a goalkeeper coming through the rank and being and having he, having a heavy touch when the ball comes uh, to you. You've got to be able to play with it. And not not suggesting that you've got to be able to dribble with it, like the old Rene Higuita, the uh, the Colombian goalkeeper, and uh, Jose uh, Luis Chilavert, uh, the Paraguayan keeper from all those years ago, used to grab the ball and just run and, and attack players and at the halfway line decide to uh, release the ball. I don't think we're talking about that. We're just talking about the Matty Ryans and this well, one of the reasons apparently he's so highly regarded in Europe is because he's got a great touch left and right. He can really distribute the ball really well, very intelligent. A lot of the the goals from his clubs actually uh, uh, springboarded from his work, uh, you know, in the back half. So mm. you, you've just got to have that now as a young goalkeeper. I like that. I like the playing at the back stuff. Mm. Just boot along. Sometimes, sometimes it's necessary just to spread the uh, the field yep. a bit, but not all the time. Play the game. Good on you, Dan. Good call from you, Lloyd's in Frankston. G'day, Lloyd. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I dropped out then. Um, I think you did. It's good. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, I've got a question for Carlos. Yes, mate. I'm a Scunthorpe United fan. Oh, yeah. Can you tell me three English captains that played for Scunthorpe? Well, Ian Botham played for Scunthorpe. Ian Botham? <laughs> yeah. He's an English, he England captain. There you go. Yeah, There's he one. played. Uh, I think, uh, well... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not an England captain because he was a Welsh player. But Ian Rush played for Scunthorpe. Kevin Keegan played for Scunthorpe. Um, geez, who's the other one? I like the Ian Botham one. That'll be one of the yeah, two yeah, questions. Yeah. Uh, Ian Botham, Kevin Keegan. I, I can't think of the third one there, Lloyd. You got me. Uh, Ray Clements? Is it Ray Clements, is it? Yeah. Yeah, good on you, mate. You were trying to get me on the Botham one, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. No, I, apparently he was, a, he was half a decent player. He was, uh, was he? yeah. He's he not only good. You think he'd probably be there in the on the park just kicking people, but he actually could play a bit. Oh, he's so a fair athlete in his time. Yeah, no, he was a great player. Pretty beefy. Good yeah. on you, Lloyd. Uh, you can't stump my man. Not when I'm riding shotgun. Don't you worry about that. Kevin Keegan, Ray Clements, and Ian Botham. 
three captains of England that play for Scunthorpe United. Uh, what, where are they playing their trade these days? Uh, geez, I, that's a, you should have asked Lloyd. Have asked he, Lloyd. Yeah, uh, they might be in the pub leagues, I don't know, but uh, I'll have to have a look at that half. 